This is Logan Murdoch, and we're here with the Mad Hooper Barf of Bleacher Report. Barf has been hitting the ruins um, for weeks now about how pissed he is about the lack of Minnesota coverage from us at the ruins. Mad Hooper, what's going through your mad what mind? Why are you mad? First of all, I want to talk to the acrylic, I mean, uh, Cupid Zirconia. I mean... Y'all the real ones, but y'all, not, y'all haven't been real lately. I got some real issues with y'all. <laughs> first of all, first of all, uh, we've been bamboozled, hoodwinked, led astray, run amok because y'all are not covering the Minnesota Timberwolves the way y'all need to. Roger, I'm disappointed in you. You're a vet. You're supposed to know this. <laughs> but really, we have Anthony Edwards, the number one pick in the NBA draft, not getting slided on the, on the acrylic ones? What are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, he's averaging 17, 4, and 3 over the last 10 games, and y'all not even saying one peep? And the thing is, you know, I, at the end of the day, I know Logan, and at the end of the day, he's from Piedmont to me now. He's his Oakland Cards Revolt. <laughs> he's a Piedmont man to me because the Wolves are the team of the future. You got a record of six and whatever, you know. We getting there, but the 10th seed is still in play. I'm just wondering, man, what a love at, Roger. What a love at, Bro, Logan. Where's first, that? first of all, first wait, of all. Wait, 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 wait. We have another Mad Hooper here, Roger Bell, who has some things to say. He is pissed. He, he's ready to come for you there, Barflin. First of all, brother Barflin, let me in this conversation. <laughs> Dog. You ain't here talking about Anthony Edwards. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. But we've given no love to any real rookies this year. There's been very little rookie chatter, right? We're yet to get to that. So a little patience. But secondly, and I love the way you tried to come in here and downplay the fact that there are only six wins flying around in Minnesota. Six damn wins. Six wins and nobody aside from Ant- Evans that is uh, that we should be talking about. There's no one doing anything in Minnesota worth discussing right now. So that would be my rebuttal to that. Like, yeah, we need to get a young bull some love. We'll give him all some love at some point. But if you could sell me on anything else in Minnesota worth talking about, then I'm going to let you continue to rant. Okay. Okay. Can I, can I say, can I, can I reply? Can I reply? Absolutely. Yeah, one more reply. What, 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 what? What? Uh, you know, I don't. You know, I don't want to overstep. You know, I'm black, so it's just y'all house. But they can let me in. So <laughs> uh, we got Malik Beasley doing well. He's the best shooter in the league right now. I think he should be in three point contest. Really good shooter. Uh, that's about it, man. Cat back. So we gonna see. We gonna, I'm gonna be back soon. One day we are gonna talk about when we get that tenth seed. All right. Well, that was a very uninspiring Mad Hooper right there. I don't. I'm not convinced that we should talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves anymore. But real <laughs> ones up next. It's the Ringer NBA Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action right now. You can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or... 
standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Bobbin, real ones, Logan Murdoch here with Raja Bill. We're potting. We're potting. We How's your potting. Valentine's? How's your Valentine's, buddy? It was it was pretty solid, man. There How was go. your Valentine's, buddy? How was yours? Good. No, I had a good one, good. man. Yeah, I had a good it was one. good. You know, I do I do have beef with hotels. Can I get this off my chest? Like, I don't know where we're allowed to go with the show to start. Like, but uh, bro, that's what that's what editing is for. Like, dog, I go to a hotel, um, you know, to check in. We get a night away from the kids, like go out okay. and do adult things and you know, Words. guaranteed check-in at four. Don't come any earlier. I'm like, bet. We show up at five just to be safe. Sorry, okay. sir. Um, you know, we had a block of rooms check out late. Your room's not available. I'm like, well, that's odd because you told me to be here four guaranteed. It's now five. I gave you an hour. How long is it going to be? Roughly two hours. Are you serious? I'm dead ass. So I'm like, my man, like, with all due respect to the hotel, and I've stayed in it, you know, them a lot, like the chains of hotels, like, what is one supposed to do for two hours during, like, this COVID pandemic when you're like, what am I What am I going to do? Like, we want the room. He's like, well, unfortunately, sir, it's not available. I can give you a, like, uh, guest credit that you could do what, what you will. And I, I said, my man. guest credit. I have four effing kids, dog. I get one night a fucking every two months or three months to, like, do something. I, I need the room. So we go through all of this shit. And finally, I threaten to take my money back. Like, hey, just give my money back. I'll go home. I don't, I don't give a damn. Guess what they do, Logan? Find a room within two minutes. I bet they. I bet they freaking did. That, but like, my point is, dog, you had rooms. Wait, I have a question like, for you. Like, why are we doing this? I'm loving this hotel talk. I have a question for you. Yeah. Are you? Are you? Are you? Uh, are you on the membership on this hotel? Do you have a membership with this hotel? I do have a membership with this hotel. I think. Do you have status with this hotel? Um, I've stayed in enough of them. I probably have status do you, within the do, hotel. Do you have? Do you don't, you don't know if you got status in the hotel? I don't flex like that. Like I just show up to the hotel and just go, man. Like I, I know, like, I know, I know. I'm just saying, and this is BS. But they treat you like shit when you don't have status, bro. They treat you like shit. So I remember because okay, so I because okay. you know, like I, I do. I, I am you know. I don't. I'm with a chain Marriott. Um, you know, I, I, I I'm with I'm with I'm with Marriott and. I just know until I got status, bro, they didn't treat me like they just was like, yo, man, you, I can't stand in a special line or anything. You know what uh, I mean? They take heck of long to take my and then you got you have to raise hell to before you get status. And even when you do get status, they be playing you, bro. They just that's what they do. So I got to get my status up, number one. And number two. Yeah, numbers status. Status is what it How is. Was the, was the room straight when you when you helped raised hell? Was the room the room straight? was cool? They brought up like hella stuff, trying to apologize and stuff like that because the dude who ultimately came out recognized me, like, and so mm. it became like, uh, oh, like you know what I mean? Like everything changed, but like, why I got to do that to get a room? Like, what if well, you don't recognize me, but I still have a reservation? I've still paid my money. Like, what if you're like an NFL player and they don't even know what NFL players look I, like? I, you know, what I mean? just find that to be some real BS. Though I was I was salty, but we salvaged the night. Okay, that's good, yeah, man. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day to you and the Queen, man. I'm happy you guys did that, bro. But like, Appreciate yo, that. BS, dude. Because I, 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 I felt yeah. so triggered when you were telling the story, my it guy. Is, I, I, it, thank you. I feel no, I feel you. I just said they just don't even even when you do get status, they they treat you like shit, man. 
It's a really helpless feeling, bro. I was like, I haven't been out in a while, like real talk. And, you know, like I just the last thing I wanted on Valentine's. But again, I mean, it's water under the bridge at this point. I had to get it off okay. my chest though. This is my platform. Like this is, you know. You had to tell them why you're mad. Okay, right. Tell them right. I'm mad. Yep. Ready to get to the shits? Let's get to the shits. Let's get to the shits. Anywho. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so, right before we recording this pod, Chomps of the Athletic drops a, drops something. Says Andre Drummond been a little. There's a little active trade talks to get Andre Drummond to the Tampa Toronto Raptors. Uh huh. Two sides have talked over the last few days, uh-huh. and Andre Drummond was pulled from the lineup for this very reason. There's been multiple um, talks um, with JB Bickerstaff. Just sit down talks with Andre, um, just to talk about uh, that he, you know, he about his attitude and play of huh? of late. Yeah, and um, he's on the trading block. And um, what do you think if he goes to the Raptors, man? I don't. I mean, I think this is a this would be a pretty good pickup for the Raptors if it, if all goes to plan. Um, be a really good pickup for the Raptors. They're they're a pretty bad rebounding team. Um, Right now, and defensively is where I've seen most of their slippage. I mean, that's going to happen when you, you know, some of the pieces that have left leave. But um, he's going to he's going to bolster both of those areas immediately. And I, I think, you know, a lot of times when you hear about a trade, it's kind of you're wondering how that came to be leaked, and is there any real substance to the leak, and what can we what can we look for or expect and how you're reading these tea leaves. The one thing I would say is a real indicator that there's real juice behind it is when someone gets pulled from the lineup. Mm. When someone yeah. sits, then you know there's validity to it from their camp because they're mm. trying to protect the asset from getting hurt, which means they have some kind of something cooking. I just think that it's it has to be f- too far gone now because it's not. It's we're more than a month away from the trade deadline, bro. Like mm-hmm. if they trying to get him up out of the, the the building now, either it's dire or they have a good deal on the table. You know what I mean? I don't usually trade guys and you try to, you know, push up a little bit of leverage towards the trade deadline. Right. But for them to do it a month earlier, I, I, I think that it it's probably come to pass. Right. Like it's just probably going to happen. Ultimately, Logan, do you think this does it really factor into the Eastern Conference conversation? I mean, do you uh, from Logan's not really? Yeah, not, not really. really. No, not really. Because I just think that um, you know, the Raptors are the Raptors. The Raptors are I don't know a Kawhi Leonard away from winning oh. a title. I, they're they're just they're a really good team, but they're not a championship team in my opinion. They're not well coached, but not a championship team. Um, I do think it's interesting though that Andre Drummond is at a point in Cleveland now where you're hearing things like you just kind of spoke to starting to take place, where coach has to you know have conversations about who he's been lately and stuff like that. And I'll just say this again, cause it's been me multiple times. You can be in a, a situation that's not great and dysfunctional. And even though everything in you says, be a pro about this, it can bring out real bad sides of pros. Like, you know, I'm sure people have been in workplaces where it's just not a great work environment. And despite how hard they try, it's just going to bring out, you know, a negative vibe. And I, I think that's interesting because you don't hear that about Andre Drummond a lot. Yeah, I mean, also, no offense, Roger, I know you've been there, but Cleveland has been one of those, historically been one of those cities and one of those franchises where it's very dysfunctional, you know, stuff doesn't, it's not, 
by any means just like a model run organization from the top down, historically speaking. Like it just hasn't been. You know, you talk about even last yeah. year with the head coach. Um, and I would love for you to push back on this. You know what I mean? Like I would love well, for I you am. to do that. But I'm, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, but I, I think I think you I think you, that's fair, everything you just said. I you know, I was there with David Griffin. I know they were run well then, um, because I watched that and you know, obviously LeBron being there has plays a huge role in the success of a team and whatnot. But but the family type of atmosphere that was kind of fostered was 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 the right one to be in, even from a player's perspective, even though I wasn't one at that point. Um mm-hmm. it hadn't been run well by all accounts before Griff got the job. Um, and I can't really speak to what Kobe's doing, even though Kobe Altman is a is a Griff disciple. Uh, but what I will say is sometimes it's hard when ownership is is overly involved in the day to day of what's going on in the building. It's hard for it to be run. Um, was it you know, overly so involved when you were there, though? It was heavily involved. I don't want to say overly because who was I? I was just learning that side of the business. All I know was it was very heavily involved. Okay. Okay. You and know, and that can make people's jobs hard. Heavily and if heavily involved, how, Raja? No, just heavily involved in the day-to-day and what's going on with the team and what decisions are being made, whether they be large or small, just and mm-hmm. and and a presence that, you know, in order for one to do his job, you would hope wouldn't be hovering over the building at all times, right? Like we can check in and run stuff by you, but you don't like it doesn't have to be there all the time. And it was just there yeah. all the time. Yeah. I I don't know if it's I, I can't I don't know. I know as as Soon as last year, you know, you know the their last coach was saying some wild stuff, man. Their last <laughs> coach was saying some wild stuff to players. You know what I mean? And right, that's that's up until last season. So I don't know. Like I, I can't really speak on. They have a new coach, JB Bickerstaff, who is a respected coach around the league. You know, I I can't really um, speak on that. But I've always been curious about Andre Drummond, man. Like he's in a. I feel like. His game would be perfect in the '90s. Right now, it's 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 not a he's not a jump shooter per se. He's he can rebound his ass off. It just seems like he's he's in the wrong era, and it's just we it's 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 sometimes weird to assess his career because I just wish you know he was playing in 1998 or 1997 because I think he would be looked at a lot differently than he is now. I, I agree with you. Um, the the days of the twin towers when you had the the Davis brothers and you had I don't know um, Ewan and Oakley and then you had you know you just had multiple bigs on the floor for a bunch of different teams when there were true like power forwards that didn't stretch the floor. He he is a throwback type of player and he's he's so good at what he does that it's it's hard to marginalize it and not pay it. Um, but it's not the way you want to build a team. You don't want to build mm-hmm. a team around that at this at this you know point. So I, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, let's switch some. Let's switch gears a little bit. Something near and dear to your heart. A team near and dear to your heart. Nah. Talk about the the Utah Jazz. You're you a former nah? Jazz. What do you mean man. nah? What do you mean nah? I don't know, man. Like, are they near and dear to your heart? They're not the Phoenix Suns, and you didn't. You know what I mean? Like, I we've you've told real stories about the Jazz. I had a rough in your time there. I had a rough end of my career with the Jazz, but Utah and the Jazz, Salt Lake specifically, is always near and dear to my heart. I had a great time there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone back to play for Jerry Sloan and the Jazz again if I hadn't enjoyed it as much as I did the first time. So I have no beef. I got a little funky at the end, but no beef at all. Okay, as a former Jazz man, yeah, I love saying that because yeah, every you, time <laughs> you've said that, like, wait, 
for anyone listening right now, you, you're not privy to our pre like taping before we hit record on these bad boys. This man has said Jasmine to me how many times they over under like on 17 times, yeah, like over. 17 times. Like 17 times. Every time, every time like someone comes to my mentions from Utah or I went on the, I went on the, uh, the Utah Jazz Pod um, a couple weeks ago. They were like, former jazz man Raj Bell, you do a <laughs> podcast with. And, but you didn't tell I me you were like on a jazz it. pod the other day. I was on a jazz pod, man. Okay. I was on a pod. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was, it was a vibe. You know what I mean? But anyway, they're number one in the West, dude. Yeah, they're playing really well. They're very versatile. Donovan Mitchell is playing well. Rudy Gobert is playing well. Playing well. Um, you know, we I kind of held on to this topic. I wasn't. We weren't really talking too much about the jazz. I just wanted to see what they did. But the number one in the West. Are we buying this? I don't, I'm not buying, I'm, I'm, before we get to you, I'm not buying this in terms of they're going to win a title. I don't think that they're in a, I think they're an elite team in the regular season. Yeah. I'm not sure that they're going to beat the Lakers when it, or the Clippers when it's, maybe Clippers because the Clippers rumbled back. But they're not going to beat the Lakers to go to the finals. But I am happy to see what they're doing right now, Raja. Me too. It's pretty, it's pretty cool to see, um, them spread it around the way that they are. Um, everybody kind of getting involved in that. You've got obviously Donovan Mitchell leading the scoring attack, but they're good on both ends of the floor. I mean, they're, you know, they're one of those teams we talk about when you look at, you know, historically whether or not they they can be in a top 10 in both. And they are. Like they're number two in the league in terms of defensive efficiency, and they're in the top five, I believe, offensively. So it's pretty cool to see that. Um, I would say to you though, as far as the Lakers series goes. While I'm not picking them to win a championship, I'm not going to say that. I do think they're going to be a problem for even a team like the Lakers. And I, I would pick the Lakers to beat them. I want to be clear. I, I, uh, I've been on the Lakers for a while. If they're healthy, and that's mm-hmm. if AD's 100%, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah. if, he's, if he's diminished at all, um, they're, the, the Utah Jazz are a problem. They're a problem mm-hmm. just from the way they play. And when you have guys like Giannis coming out, like he did last week, I believe, and singing their praises about how tough they are and how well they play and how they share the ball, and it looks like they're having fun and they're keeping it simple, but it's effective. I think watching, uh, that kind of speaks volumes. And when you watch them, you know, that's what it, that's, that's what it is. You know, they got a bunch of guys that can get a bucket. They shoot the hell out of the ball. They got a bunch of playmakers. Uh, and then they have guys who, you know, like even a Royce O'Neal, who, who's I a really fantastic like Royce Fantastic defender. Um, he's only averaging about eight a game, but he can light you up too, given the opportunity. So they've got a lot of weapons out there and they've all bought in. You brought up a great point with um, the Lakers' health because AD, you got to look at that Achilles, man. You got to continue to monitor that. And that's something that's keeping him out. Um, especially, you know, after the quick turnaround in the season. You know what I mean? Like LeBron is year 18. There's a lot of question marks, but if healthy, I. I still see the the Lakers winning it, winning winning it all, and beating the the uh, Jazz in the process. But I'm just I'm really impressed by what they're doing and the that the gradual evolution that they've done. Right, I think they were a six seed last year. Donovan Mitchell goes off in the bubble, but you we kind of like we it, it wasn't something to bring us over the top where we're like okay this is the factors. It's like oh Donovan Mitchell is coming into his own right now. Right, I like that I'm seeing that they're, that they're taking that next step in the evolution, and I think that this just shows. I think that um, they could be a team a year in and year out if they continue this trajectory atop the Western Conference. Yeah, you know what's interesting about this, and it kind of goes to you know, I had a point before you just said that. I want to address your point, but 
you know, you'll say something about a team and then the team will turn their fortunes around and then you change your opinion on it and people are like, oh, well, you run it. This is a fluid conversation. So yes, it's fluid. Like as this teams change. as of change, right now. That's as of right now. And as teams change and 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 get better and and string together a bunch of wins, so will the conversation around them in regards to winning a championship. As injuries pop up and stars go down, the conversation around their chances to win a championship change as well. So, um, you know, I think it, interestingly enough, in the bubble last year, they caught probably the hottest team in the bubble in the first round, which was the Denver Nuggets. Like they, mm-hmm. they was, and it was a fantastic first round series. Like it was, it was maybe my, it was, I don't know, probably yours. It was my favorite series in the bubble to watch. It was just, it was phenomenal yeah. watching those two go at it. But had they not caught the Denver Nuggets, like we could have been singing a different tune about Utah to end last season. Um, right. Because they were they were playing really. I mean, they well. could have went to the conference finals, right? If based on what we saw with what the Nuggets did with the um, against the Clippers, I mean, a- absolutely. And I think it's in support of the point you just made about like them being in the conversation in the Western Conference for the next few years. You could make the argument that that window started last year and they just caught a horrible matchup in the first round against Denver. Yeah, that's fair. Um, listen, man, I just want to give them a shout out. Utah's playing really well, bro. You know what? You know what else they have going for them, Logan? Ah, see, this is tough. I haven't been there, and I, the fan Utah is one of those places. Well, they have their fans in the building, so they're one of those. One are of those the fans teams. are in the building? Are they full? The fans are in the building, not full, but they're they're in the building. Utah presents a lot of challenges as an opponent. So when you're going there to play playoff series, it is a. It's it the is, fans are literally on top of you, bro. Oh they're literally God. right on top of the. Um, Right on top of the visitors' bench, it's it's crazy. Right on top, there is no escaping what's going on in that arena. They're right on the basket, like right behind the basket. Um, mm-hmm. They're right behind your bench. They're everywhere you turn, and you know you just factor in altitude, and t- you just you know every little bit makes a difference. It's a really really tough building to play in as an opponent. Fantastic environment to play in as a jazz man. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, you like that, right? Yeah. You like that. You like that, but no, it, it's 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 a tough building, and they're and they're playing very very well. I would take them if Anthony Davis is not healthy. Um, I I they beat the Clippers. I'm not even tripping off that. I have them beating the Clippers. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. We'll see what happens. Also, fluid conversation. Also, man, Salt Lake City, very underrated um, NBA city, by the way, very underrated. Salt um, Lake is a vibe. Like they got they got my, they got our spot they got Walters there yeah. and they also the media hotel is across the street from the arena which is beautiful it's it's beautiful I love it um yeah <laughs> you don't even got to like Uber or nothing you just whoop, right across the street for have you ever hopped up, have you ever hopped up to Park City no I've only no. been there I've only been to Salt Lake twice. I think right. one might have been a back to back. I'm not sure, but like not enough to just. I didn't know nobody there. Oh, this is why. Also, why I love Salt Lake City. My man Tony Jones from the Athletic. I don't know if he was there when you when you played, but anyway, he covers the uh, Utah Jazz. Right has a has a hoop league. It's hilarious, bro. Whenever we go, it's like a it's like a late night hoop league in Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking shit. <laughs> They're throwing balls. It's like all the black people in the whole state <laughs> congregate right here at this high school. And it's a vibe. It's very fun. So, shout out Salt Lake. I'm, really, I'm happy to see the Jazz are balling. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to tell you why we mad. Ooh. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is 
an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. And we are back, Raja. Let's go to a segment called Tell Them Why You Mad. I don't know how long we're going to do this segment, but this is a good segment. Um, the NBA and the anthem. Last week, it came out that Mark Cuban, after consulting with Adam Silver, had canceled the anthem in the uh, in the uh, Mavericks home games at the AT and T Center. Uh, not the AT and T Center, excuse me, the uh, American, American Airlines. Airlines. Yep, American Airlines Center. I got my I got my airlines mixed up. Apologies, but there was no anthem. And uh, I believe it was the Athletic that broke the story that um, this was all happening. That before the season, Mark Cuban consulted, said, "Hey, we're not going to do this." Adam Silver was like, "Cool, bet, all right." Um, and we all know that the anthem has been a source of controversy over the last few years with players kneeling and all these things, and the connotation that it has, quite frankly, for Black folks. Right? It it, it is not a nice song for Black folks. And people that have been enslaved. This is not. And um, so when the story broke, Adam Silver immediately said, nah, you got to put the anthem back, player. You got a reverse course that said you have to do this. And we all know that we all know how polarizing the anthem has been on both sides, um, whether you are for the anthem or against it. If you're, you know, a black person that has kneeled for the anthem, that has seen what it, what it has said about um, people of our lineage. And we've seen that it's been a polarizing thing. For me to see this has been, I was reading the story um, that you guys should go check out on Yahoo Sports from uh, Vinny Goodwill and just talks about the hypocrisy in all of this, right, from the mm-hmm. league. When they talk about yeah, we're about um, you know, we're about black lives. We're about um, ending racism and things like that. We are about all of these things, and we are the most forward-thinking league. We are all of these things, and you say that, and then you try to take the anthem out of the game, which is 
I feel would be an appropriate stance just for the simple fact that like if you don't want politics in your game, that's one of the things that you take out, right? Like if you don't want anything that's polarizing, um, you could take that out, you know, on both sides. If you don't want players kneeling, you could take out the anthem. If you don't want the controversy that comes with players kneeling or not leaning, uh, kneeling, you could take out the anthem. But to take the anthem or put the anthem um, back in and then rip apart, like, take Black Lives Matter off the court and stuff, right? Like, if you don't want politics in your game, then take it all the way out, right? Or make a decision. Um, but I just feel like there's a real hypocrisy to this ruling, as soon as public pressure went, you just, uh, no, oops, my bad. Put it back in. <laughs> this isn't, you know what I mean? That's been my biggest problem with Adam Silver is that he's trying to just build consensus. And when he tries to build all this consensus, he's wrong. Both, both sides, he has failed both sides. Um, so you and I have had this conversation before. It revolved around COVID last time. And I'm just going to double down on what I said. And you corrected me, like, it, it, and you were correct to do so. It's not that he's telling you what he's about. He's showing you what he's about. And, and I don't mean it in a, in, a, in a political way. I mean it in a business way. Adam Silver can't afford the backlash. And the league, in his mind, can't afford the backlash of not having the anthem in the NBA. And if he lets Dallas do it, it opens up the door for other teams to do it, right? Like there's got to be some uniformity from his perspective and the league's perspective to to be able to control. You can't just have teams like stripping the anthem for their business, right? Because you're going there's going to be backlash from that, Logan. Like let conservative people um and not just like people who love the anthem whether they're conservative or not. People some people love the anthem and they love it in their sports. I don't happen to be one of those. I, the, the anthem doesn't bother me per se. I don't know why it needs to be in every sporting event I participate in, but like, you know what I mean? Like I'm pretty indifferent yeah. to it, but there's some who aren't. And I think Adam Silver is showing you again, look, this is bottom line. Like, and, and it is hypocritical, like, because you're, you know, it, there's no way to avoid that, but he showed you like he, he, he has, he has no problem operating in that space. You know, when it, <laughs> when it comes to the league's bottom line, like, you know, all right, let me, I've told you this story before. I never, I didn't come out for the anthem. Really? I didn't, for most, most games, I didn't come out. For, I, I was out. So I was so indifferent. Like I could stand out there for the anthem. Why didn't no you go out? Was it, a, was it a conscious thing? Why didn't no, you go out for the anthem? It just started as me having like BGs, like bubble guts early in my career, being really hella nervous, like, and, and having to go calm myself down. And, you know, I would go back and listen to something in my locker and stretch out. Um, it wouldn't be right as the anthem started. Like I would leave with, I don't know, 10 minutes on the clock. And I just wouldn't come back out until after the anthem. And I did that for most of my career. And, you know, there were some nights where early anthems, like in Toronto and stuff like that, where you're going to get both anthems, I'd be there for the anthem. It wasn't a problem for me, but I just assumed, you know, be doing my own thing with that time anyway. I don't really need to be out there for that. Do you, if I gave you, if I presented two people to you, I want you to guess who would have more of a problem with it. And I hope I didn't give it away. Jerry Sloan. Or Tyrone Corbin? Uh, I would assume Jerry Sloan. Jerry Sloan did not give two shits about me not being out for that anthem. Wow. As soon as, as, soon as Tyrone Corbin heard about it, he made it his life's mission to make me come out for the anthem. He even talked about finding me. Um, and so it, the, the thing about, and that's my point about the anthem is you never know what it means to anyone. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't yeah. really assume. So it's one of those things where from Adam Silver's perspective, like we just got to have it. And it is hypocritical. I agree with you. But the thing is, why can't you just like, because all those feelings you feel right now, I'm just talking about from a business standpoint and being a commissioner, right? Mm -hmm. All those feelings you have right now probably could have had those feelings when Mark Cuban asked him in the beginning of the season, right? Yeah. I don't know what changed. Mark Cuban is, what he does for vets, and I can't speak for every organization in the NBA, every franchise, right? But I, I've been there when Mark Cuban does the Seats for Soldiers initiative where, where they're honoring... Um, you know, soldiers and they're, they get all the, the season ticket holders of those front court seats to give their, their seats away to soldiers so they can come down there and have that firsthand experience. And then they honor them on the court after the game and they get to like mingle with the player. Like he's got huge initiatives in place and that's just a real like superficial one. I'm sure he does a lot behind closed doors to support that as well. So like questioning whether it, it shouldn't be a question about patriotism or anything like that. Mark Cuban and the Mavs do as much as anyone does to support vets and, and, and what that flag is supposed to represent. You know what I mean? Like, but again, I'm one of those dudes, Logan. I don't need the anthem in my games. Like, I don't, I never understood what the purpose of it was at the game. Now I get, you're going to tell me, well, you, you know, it represents and it, the freedoms that you have and you're allowed to live in this country where you play this game. And like, I, I got it. But like, I, I could spend that time warming up, bro. Yeah. Like, no, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I don't need that. The thing is, though, like, it was very on brand for Silver to do this because, I mean, one thing we've learned about Adam Silver, he will do the thing, he will do everything up until a point, right? Like, for instance, over the summer, yeah, you guys can protest, but under our terms, right? You guys can put j names on your jersey, but on the list that we have given you of names <laughs> to do that are, that are very safe, you know <laughs> Education what I mean? reform. Education reform. <laughs> How many more? Like, right. you know what I mean? And whereas, you know, usually a league like the WNBA who was like, nah, we putting Breonna Taylor on our back the whole season, right? But it just seems like he does it up to, he does all this stuff up to a point to where it just, he doesn't get in trouble with the other side, right? Just enough. Just a very enough. And I'm sure, like, it was just a lot to even do the social justice stuff on the back of the jerseys. I'm sure that was even like, you know, to a, to a certain, you know, demographic, he was probably like, oh man, like this is, this makes me nervous, right? You know, the same right. people that are mad about the, um, the anthem will probably be mad about I wanna, the jerseys. I wanna, was so, there a backlash like from, from the Mavs not having the anthem? Is that how this all, No one, like, but here's the thing though, no one really like, I don't think anyone really, was it? It was, it was happening most of the or, season. Nobody complained or anything. Right. Nobody. It wasn't until the story was broken that everyone was up in arms. Right. Everyone was like, "Oh my oh god! Oh my god!" Goodness. But what? Nobody. And that, and that goes. Who another goes thing, like, to a sporting event aside from maybe the Super Bowl? Right. The anthem at the Super Bowl. You know, with the with the 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 fighters flying overhead and stuff like that. Like that's a scene. You know what I mean? Like, but in your regular. Eight, 33rd game of an 82 game season. You're telling me someone's there to see the damn anthem? No, they're not. No one's there for the anthem. But nobody, bro. but here's the thing though, that goes that goes stri strictly to the argument about like no one is tripping off of politicizing sports unless it's not their politics. Right? Right. Right, 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 right. right. Like if you you could do the anthem, 
but you better not like protest about black lives or something like that. You know what I right. mean? You better not do that. But you can, you know, you can talk about all the anthem. It's 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 about our freedoms and things like that. But when you try to be free in other ways, it's just it doesn't work. And I think this is just another example of that because what, bro, we didn't talk about that one time. And this se- season is going on what the second month, right? And it's been happening throughout the whole season. No one and no one was tripping. Um, I just think it's hypocritical, man. This is I hear you, is and, I, is, and it's on brand. I think it's interesting that you're having these feelings about Adam Silver, who, by all accounts, is more player friendly than than David Stern was. And David Stern to do some shit, David Stern, yeah. but David Stern was a G about his. He didn't really like waft or waver on his shit, so he just told you how it was, whether you liked it or not. And there was no vacillating. Like, that's what's rubbing you the wrong was, way about Adam Silver, right? Like, because David Stern, yeah. the people paying Dave, now David Stern was great for the NBA. But the guy rest his soul. Like, he was great for the NBA, yeah. made him a lot of money, got us, got it the league to a place where, you know, they're able to kind of, you know, make the money that these guys are making now. Like, salute. Mm-hmm. David Stern could be a real oh. butthead. Oh, 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 I'm aware. I am yeah. aware. But I but, just would rather just, I, I think this is just not even this instance. I don't like people in general who play the fence with me. Right. I just don't like it. If I'm going to be disappointed and I'm going to be disappointed in it because you told me everything that was happening, I just don't agree with you, bro. Yeah. But I'd rather you just show me who you are. I'd rather you just show me how you're feeling. You know, don't be like, don't, you, you get what I'm saying, man? That's where I'm at with it. I know. I, and I think it's funny. It makes me laugh because I hear the heat in your voice when you're, when you're, because I think you know that he has to do that, but you just don't like that he tries to like play both sides of the fence with it. And it, it makes me get. Why would you, but why would you, um, why Logan, would you, we can agree. You, uh, we can agree that he has, the anthem has to be there, right? Not that, not that we want it there because I'm telling you, I don't need it there. But for a league that that is <laughs> like it, it's an entertainment wrinkle, product, it's it's depending on people to make but, the money. Like he can't take that out, right? You agree with me? Come on, say you agree with me. I ag- I agree. I agree with that. But here's another wrinkle, though. I agree okay. with the fact that like he had to do it, bro. Like, but why? You also had to do. If you had to do it now, you had to do it then. You was over here trying to be sneaky and be like, yeah, it's cool. But when this, when it got hot. <laughs> You threw your bu- owner under the bus. <laughs> it was like, it was like, no, you need to put the anthem back. That's, if I'm Mark Cuban, I'm like, come on, bro. You, I literally, I did it the right way. I did every, I went through every, uh, I checked, I checked every box that you wanted me to do, and you said cool, right? Yeah. I, but here's this is a point. It's not mine. This is Sasha, our producer. It was a great point. Mark Cuban is usually not the dude to go like quietly into that dark night, if you will, if that's to say it. I don't know. I tried to quote some shit. I don't know. But he is, he's not the dude. So it's interesting to me that like Cubes was just like, all right, bet we'll put it back in. If, you know what I mean? Usually Cubes is, nah, bro, this is what we're doing. If you need to find me, find me. Um, I feel strongly about this. I'm going to voice my opinion on it. So I find it a little interesting, at least to some degree, that Mark Cuban hasn't really spoken up on the, on the, on the heels of them saying that he had to have the anthem. Yeah, well, it's funny because Cuban also said, and this is from producer Sasha, shout out to Sasha, always holding it down. Mm -hmm. Um, And this decision, initial decision, was made with the fans in mind. Like, in this quote to uh, Rachel Nichols, he said, we were talking to our community. That's something 
that's something that everyone stands for and is insistent upon becoming a core part of who we are as a Dallas Maverick. And listening to community, the community, there were quite a few people who voiced their concerns, really their fears, that the national anthem did not fully represent them and that their voices were not being heard. So he, talking to his fan base, was like, nah, we don't, there's people that this doesn't fully represent all of our fan base. And honestly, it doesn't, man. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. For your league, the national anthem doesn't necessarily represent all the views of your your black league that you have. It's if actually speaking against the black folks in the league. And this is something that I learned after the Kaepernick stuff, right? When you actually read the, you know, I was just singing the national anthem blindly. Sure. Like, I'm sure a lot of people were, right? Yep. But then you then you read what this the 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 verse that they don't put out and they're like oh damn how you just go delete a verse out of a song and they deleted and, and, a verse <laughs> and make it the uh, nat- man, like come on bro come on man I'm just saying man it doesn't and I feel them on that when you talk about um, it's in conversation with the fans man like come on dude I get why you have to do it Adam Silver. And this is something that the real ones have always said. Just don't lie to us, bro. Just, just don't just, lie. Just don't lie, man. He can't afford that. He can't. He can't afford. I'm with Mark Cuban. I'm, I'll make my stance again. Like, I I can dig that. I support that. I, I know Mark personally. So I know that he is progressive in that regard, trying to get, you know, do what's right in, in, with by his fans and by his players, like, first and foremost. Like, he's about that. Um, that league, as, as a financial you know, um, institution as a business, they cannot afford what would happen if you had teams pulling anthems left and right. They're they're going to be, listen, not that all black people hate the anthem and all white people love the anthem, Logan, um, <laughs> but there are a lot of conservative people that buy tickets and spend a lot of bread, in, you know, supporting the NBA. If you alienate those people by their local team sh- stripping the anthem from their nightly, you know, routine, they they might not even give a damn about the anthem, really. But like the fact that you took it away in an effort to be like, I mean, clearly, clearly, right. clearly, clearly, they don't care about the anthem because it was going on for two months and no one cared. Right. Just saying, he can't afford that. Like the league can't yeah. afford that. They can't. So he had to do it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Let's let's move on. Um, <laughs> I'm just. You, you can see my face right now. You're I'm just seething like, right now. You're really irritated. You're you're. Yeah, I just hate. I just hate when people beat around the bush, bro. I just hate when people do that. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, a little self promotion right here. Mm-hmm. We got. Uh, I have a story coming out this week on Jeremy Lin. With Jeremy Lin, I talked to him last week about. Oh. Um, he's in the G League right now, balling out, balling too in the in the G League bubble. He of a thousand hairstyles. Respect. Um. I did a story with him just basically talking about it was a Q&A. It's coming out sometime this week. Um, talking about just his his fight to get back into the into the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about going through a therapy because, quite frankly, he didn't know how to deal with um, the early success he was going through and, and, and Lynn's sanity and things like that. And we'll yeah. get to that in a second because you did play against him during that time. Um, he also talked about forgiving Carmelo for the beef that they had when Mello was like, he ain't worth the money player. <laughs> oh. mm. um, but it was, a, it was a really insightful read. It was really cool. Um, you guys should go check that out. It was really great and really candid. But I want to ask you, what was it like to play during 
Lynn Sandy. What was it like to play him? I think you guys played him at the Garden. We did play him at the Garden. What was that like when he was balling? You were at the second game of that seven-game winning streak. Um, so okay, yes, we were early in Linsanity, right? Um, yeah. Overall, it was you know, even from our perspective as players, or at least mine, we were tuned in. Like you wanted to see what was going to happen every night, whether you were playing against him or not. So we were caught up in the Linsanity too. Um, I'm sure, some of that had to do that it was just all that anyone ever talked about on your local sports stuff, but. We were tuned in to see what it was. So after game one, we were on deck and we had conversations like, bro, this is not, this isn't real. Like it's not, it's not sustainable and it's certainly not real enough to happen to us. So it was like not going to happen. And then it happened and it happened. And Mike's offense was basically just kind of let him do what he did, put him in pick and roll. It was, it was really tailored to let him cook and, he lit us up like he lit everybody up. And it was, you know, it was one of those tip of the cap type of like, did you, hey, man. Did you, did you, did you, did you guard him that night? I, I didn't guard him. Um, You know, it wasn't my assignment. I'm sure I guarded him. I don't remember the game, you know, every play, but I had to have guarded him and been switched. But that wasn't my assignment on the night. Um, And I don't remember what he had, but he cooked. He cooked. He didn't. It wasn't his best game, I don't think. But he cooked and. You couldn't do anything, but again, tip your hat to him. You're like, I, I hear you, bro. Like doing your doing your thing. Man's dropped twenty eight and mm. eight assists. Mm. No, okay, he balled. So, this so maybe he, he was ten for seventeen from the field, bro. He he balled. He cooked, y'all. He cooked. What did what did what did what did uh what were like the jazz guard stats that night? Uh, like we got roasted. We got roasted. Yeah, you know what? To know what you did that night. What I do? I saw fifteen points. Four rebounds, four of seven right. from the field. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was starting. Plus that, two. Plus two. That was in the beginning of my like seven, seven FGAs. No, that's efficient, bro. That's, that's efficient, efficient, man. Four for seven. How do you no. get to the line five times? So I was savvy vet at that point. Okay. Knowing I can't right. finish in the lane, but I'm going to run into you and like yell and throw myself on the ground. Okay, for sure. Crafty. All right. Also, I think Melo got hurt this game, bro, because like. Jeremy Lin had 28. Mel only played five minutes. Jeremy Lin played 44 minutes, bro. Mike, I talked to Mike D'Antoni uh, maybe two years after that. Uh, I went out and visited him. He was coach of the Lakers. And um, I sat in his office with him. And I asked him about the Linsanity and, and, and Mello. And I, I'm not going to divulge everything Mike said, but Mike was basically like, Mello wanted no parts of that. Like he was, he was behind the scenes undermining that as best he could. Like, he was not on the Linsanity train. He, it's funny because, like, Jeremy was perfectly fit for that offense. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't like, this is another question I was going to ask you, but I think I know what it was. Lin just got scouted, bro. You know what I mean? There's a reason why he, play, he went down there and played Miami and they, they, they just cracked the code on Jeremy Lin, right? Right. But they were gonna pay him like he was a he was a top flight point guard. They were gonna pay him as such. But it's weird to hear that, man. You know, because why? Like, why do you not want to? Why? Why would you not want that to be your point guard? Like, they didn't have a good point guard situation at that point. Why? Why was that the case? I don't know, and I didn't get that far with Mike, and I wasn't there. Um, maybe because Jeremy Lin was volume. Um, to some degree, at least during that stint, he was volume. He was getting a lot of jacks up, and that was going to take, you know, shots away. Take and, shots away from Melo for, and, and Stoudemire. Yeah, but I think it was bigger than that. I think it was 
see not under not knowing what what Linsanity was going to ultimately be and and wondering whether or not there was room in the garden for both stars or three stars. Do you know what I mean? Like I think there was some of that going on too. If I if I, I'm that's just me guessing because I wasn't there, obviously. But the Jeremy wound up getting multiple bags though, didn't he? Yeah, he balled out, man. He got a bag from uh, Houston. I think he got a bag from Charlotte. He got a yeah, bag like, from Charlotte, and like he he did well. Jeremy caught multiple bags. Shit, I would have. Shit. Yeah, or, <laughs> uh, you can say, hey, that's what it happens. You hey. get a seven game straight stretch hey. with the Knicks, and it's like okay, especially around that time. Yeah, for um, sure. But he was tough. I, he was tough to guard during that stretch. I mean, he was talking about just the toll that it took on him, like mentally and you know, mentally, just being in New York. And right. having that type of paparazzi, he said he couldn't even come out the house like that. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. it's a rough stretch. But I do think it was a, a case of him just being scouted. What do you think? Do you think it was scouted or do you think that he was legit enough to be a solid point guard like at that level for years? Well, if he, if he was good enough to do that, he would have done it. Fair point. I mean, I, you know, I don't mean – he was – he's a really, really good player. I'm not trying to diminish who he is or who he was as a player, but – if you're if you're cut from the cloth to sustain that, you're going to sustain that, barring some kind of catastrophic injury or something out of your control, and that that didn't really happen. He just yes, there was a scout that was got uh, like uh, accumulated, and and you know every every NBA player, Logan, not every, but most of them, if you carve out a situation that's kind of tailor made for their game, and you give them the ball, and you say, hey, this is just going to be yours. They're going to be able to string together nights of really great numbers. Now, you might not be able to capture that. Like when it's your time, you say you got eight game stretch, like you might not be able to hit it while the iron is hot and and pop off like on that eight game stretch that the world is going to take note. Yours might happen, I don't know, later in the season or something. But that's why you're not a star star. Star stars do that every night. Uh, But most guys given the ball and said, here, do your thing. You get a bunch of points. Also, man, like NBA players in general are just really good basketball players. They're really good. I have this argument all the damn time, dog. With I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, but this is this really bothers me. The dude who will tell you that the cat on the end of the Knicks bench right now, he's better than, or he's a bum, or it is the he most asinine. You, bro. What? He will fucking cook you. And if you gave him the ball and took away the other stars on the court and said, hey, dog, I'm going to give you 25 shots tonight. Do you know what 25 shots, 25 shots for an NBA player, you're going to get 20 some odd, 20 some to 30 points, dog, because there's amount, there, some of that's going to turn into free throws. You're going to make a certain percentage from the field. You're going to have 25 to 30 points. Yeah. Opportunity. And I think it just shows you how great the stars are in this league. Like, I was watching, um, and you watch LeBron, you watch Kevin, you watch, like, those dudes are legit because it's, People be like, yo, I can take away this move. There's no taking away no move. There, you know exactly what's gonna happen and they're gonna and they're gonna hit it. It doesn't matter what you do. That's the difference between a superstar and just like a regular player, in my opinion. Well, there are a lot of yeah, that's one of them. There's nothing. There's nothing you're gonna do to stop that. Right? You like, know uh, what's coming. You know me, exactly what's gonna come. You give me enough shots, you run me off enough screens. That it's proof. I there's tape. I could show you. I get you 30 points. I get you 27 points. I get you 26 points. But after four games of that, a la insanity, you're going to be able to say definitively, hey, if you don't let him do this, it's going to really affect his ability to what get was those yours? points. Okay, what was, you take, your, what was your scout? What was your scout? What would mess you up? What make him put it on, up? Make him put it on the floor. I was a catch and shoot dude. Like you could run me off a lot of stuff. Um, but when I came off of it, like, I, you know, and I could make a play with one dribble, maybe two. 
But if you made me really have to put it on the floor and me run me off the three, it was going to really affect my ability to score at the same rate. Like it was just a fact. I was a, I was a spot up shooter for the most part, catch and shoot, maybe one dribble, get to the rim. Um, and, and a defender, but you know, those guys, the ones you're talking about, the stars, Hey man, you, good luck. You take this away. They got that. You know, you take yeah. that away, they got this. And if both of those or all three of them get taken it away, they just put you on the block and just, you know, footwork you to death. On, there's nothing you can do with them. That's why they consistently produce. That's one thing that I that I learned, like, just being really up close, right? Just really just seeing, because all these guys are really good, man. There's no, and then, like, a mere mortal like myself, y'all could just beat me. I mean, obviously, you guys just beat me anyway, but just off tricks that you know, just knowing the game, right? Like, okay, like the fake foul that ain't nobody going to see, right? Or how, just how you guard me in general, like you're going to beat me, right? Every, every NBA player has a baseline of that, of just, I can do what I want. Like, you're not, I I know more about the game than you and you're just, I'm just going to, going to beat you. Just like someone that's randomly like, I can write better than like any mortal, right? You yeah. know, just because I know more, just in general. I know just the structure. It's your Same business. Same with NBA players. It's your business. It's, it's what I do for a living. It's your profession. Living. It's your profession. Right. So, anyway, Jeremy Lin, go check that out, man. It was it was a really illuminating interview. It's coming out yeah, I can't wait week. to see. I can't wait to see that. For sure. Um, yeah, man, that was another edition of The Real Ones, man. Shout yeah. out to... Shout out to Bar for uh, you know coming at our head and just being really rude and just really mean as the mad rapper. Whatever, it's cool. It's <laughs> the um, way we like it, though. That's what the segment. You know what about. I mean? That's what segment's about. So check out the real ones. Check out mismatch. Check out group chat. Check out the answer. Check out Black Girl Songbook. Check out. Can I the do one? Ringer Can I do one? Music Can I do show. R two C two with Vallejo Legend, CC Sabathia. Mm. Oh. <laughs> we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>